Is Uber about to give you drivers an extra 120% in earnings based off of a new initiative to combat AB5 called the Protect Rideshare Services and Protections Act? I think I butchered that, Brandon. You absolutely butchered it. <laughs> and a lot of like the high-level things sound awesome, don't they? Like They sure do. And the one that hit me the most was the uh, – Guaranteed 120% of minimum wage while you're engaged with a passenger. Now, can we dive into more detail about what that means? Okay. Uh, so that's where that's where things kind of get get a little bit interesting because there are a couple caveats, right? What they what they say is they're they're basing that off of engaged time, and they also have like a really interesting thing where they're going to give drivers expenses for. Um, or they're going to pay drivers for their expenses, 30 cents a mile, but that's for engaged miles, right? Um, so you have to kind of look into the fine details about what is an enga- what is engaged time and engaged miles, and that basically means where a drive where a passenger is in the car. It does not mean when you are driving to get to a hot area. It does not mean when you are driving to a passenger. It means when you are driving with a passenger in your car. That's only the time you're going to get that 120 percent. 30 cents a mile, right? Which is nice, but Real it's nice. only during those engaged times. Not quite a little deceiving. Accurate. A little bit of um now again, this bill, this act, this proposed bill, it's sponsored by Uber, right? Right. So it is I guess we should make that very clear. So this is an act that Uber and Lyft are presenting that's basically like you're saying combating AB5 a little bit, which is which is already a past law. So they're trying to basically pass another law kind of like on top of that um, in order to just kind of force force this in, into practice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Uber and Lyft are working together along with, is it DoorDash? I think it's DoorDash. This, in this well. Mm-hmm. They, all put, they all put a ton of money in there, I think like $30 million or something like that in order to combat this AB5 that, that's already passed. And I think it's like really interesting that Uber and Lyft are so worried about this right now that they are literally working together. <laughs> like, no, really. They are working together in order to combat that. Imagine that. Two oh. competitors working together. Right. Along ding, with ding, DoorDash. Ding, ding, ding. Alarm bells. Was, ding, ding, ding. As a driver, you should be really worried about this. Right. Not worried, but and like. Yeah. And I, what, I think, what I think is interesting about this is – is that you, it's pretty clear that like Uber and Lyft and like these rideshare companies understand that they need to do something, and these measures are going to keep coming up that are AB five, similar to AB five, right? And then so even if you don't get AB five, which actually a lot of drivers don't don't love because it does make you be an, it does make you an employee, the threat of having that is really is pushing them to do things that are like this, this uh, you know this. Protect App-Based Drivers and Service, Services Act, which are a step in the right direction. What I think you need to add is change that engaged time and engaged miles. That needs to be pretty much whenever you you're online have the app on and are actively trying to. I agree. Trying to find to, to find agree. a ride, right? So if you're just sitting there and you know you are at least trying, but you're just you know sometimes shit's just dead. Yeah. Then, like, you should be paid for that time as well if they're gonna if they're gonna have this 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 measure. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. The, what other provisions were? Uh, we have the one hundred twenty percent above minimum wage uh, guarantee right. while you're engaged with a passenger. 
We have the 30 cents per mile expense reimbursements while you're engaged with a passenger. What other provisions were in that factoid sheet rundown? Um, so there's a healthcare stipend, which oh, is okay. nice. That's, that's cool. Um, if you work more than 25 hours a week, which I'm assuming it's that engaged time, yeah. um, you get 82% of a covered California bronze healthcare insurance plan. So basically that's pretty – Pretty average, pretty actually above average healthcare. I um, have no fucking idea. I am not a but healthcare. I think expert. I think it is, and I think it's uh. But the twenty five an hour, twenty five mm. hours per week is the kicker, because I mean, if you're part time, you're not going to qualify for that, unless uh, you're a fiend and you just drive. Right. I wonder, like, how does that work? Like, do they just take it away like very quickly? Like, how does that? Like, what if, if you, you what if I drop what if I drop for like a week? You know, dude, am it, I just off my fucking healthcare plan? I, dude, that's something. a good question. That's a good question. How can you guarantee healthcare, but then also have like an hourly limit or hourly yeah. threshold? That doesn't make that good, good point, Brandon. I don't know. Dude, you're just, I don't is, know what is that. Healthcare well, I mean, part? go ahead. Also, there was a uh, there's some other provisions down below, right? Something about capped driving hours. Now, my concern as a driver is what what is the definition of capped hours? Is this the 12 hours that Uber and Lyft had already have in their policies, or is this like much, much less? Is this capped hours while online total, or is this capped hours with a passenger engaged in my car? Because let me tell you, if it's capped at less than 12 hours and for total online time, that means I'm driving less and I have less money to make. Yeah. So we're definitely going to put the link to the to this to this, you know, this is the website for this mm-hmm. um, initiative, but there's also like a, some very detailed um, text about the whole act mm-hmm. that kind of goes into like deep, deep detail about what is, you know, what are all these kind of, you know, small, small things. And then so in this, you can see that a cap is based on when a driver is logged in and driving on the platform. So ah, that's a little bit vague there because, okay, you're, it says logged in. Logged on and driving. So does that mean logged on and driving with passengers in the car, or does that mean logged on and just driving, trying to find a passenger? This is something that we unclear. Yeah. Again, guys, link to everything that we talk about in this podcast in the description of this video below. And also, right. while we're on talking about the video below, please look to the bottom right, tap that subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, and uh, leave a like or a comment for Brandon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? This whole this whole thing has got me thinking. When two competitors band together to basically say, "Hey, rideshare drivers, we're willing to reimburse you thirty cents a mile for expenses, in addition to guarantee you one hundred twenty percent over minimum wage," you know what this tells me? They know they're like doing wrong. These companies know that they're like gouging and taking so much from us drivers. Because right. why else would they like want to give us these back? Think about it for a right. second. If you're a driver, why would Uber, why would Lyft want to give you 30 cents a mile? Why would mm-hmm. Uber and Lyft want to give you 120% over minimum wage? It means yeah. it means I mean, they know they're doing something something fishy here. Yeah. Already. It definitely it definitely us. shows like how much drivers are at a point where they have leverage. Right, so if you're a rideshare driver, you are starting to press these press these companies because 
they know that if they need to abide by, if uh, not abide by, that's not, if they are, if, according to AB5, if they have to classify drivers as employees, that is not going to be financially viable. So they understand that that is risking a significant amount of, amount of their business. Now, they say that it's a California in general. It's only a small percentage of their overall profit and overall revenue. But when you start to look at the broader ecosystem of drivers understanding that they can put forth like AB5 style regulation across the country, then you start to see how, okay, you're really starting to threaten their whole business model. So you can get things where get things like this bill that they're trying to push through that isn't, isn't enough yet. Yeah. You got to get that. You got to, I mean, you could even just say, okay, just bump that up to two to 200%. Or you know, one hundred forty percent. That might exactly. be exactly. That might be good enough to cover. That might be good enough to cover like the the miles that exactly. You know, your dead miles and stuff like that. But that's where you have to start to push to improve that. And there's leverage there to Look, do that. You're now. right. This isn't the fairy godmother that's giving us this. This is Uber and this is Lyft and DoorDash. So if we we should probably be be pushing more because they're not going to give us like what they think is fair. They they're going to give us what they can get away with. Right. And right now they're thinking they could get away with 30 cents a mile reimbursement and 120% over minimum wage. So I completely agree with what Brandon said. We need to unite as drivers and push for more. Right. Because yep. they're not giving so, us what Yep. This you know, is just the beginning of like their – this is the beginning of the no- negotiation, right? Mm-hmm. So there was AB5, which are like, holy shit, we can't do that. Yeah, and then there is – that was the driver's starting point really. And then there is the – Uber's starting point now of mm-hmm. okay, we'll give you this like bill with 120 percent of minimum wage, 30 cents mm-hmm. mile expense reimbursement. Okay, you got now it's up to negotiations to meet somewhere in the middle um, because UC Berkeley did a study about this protections act, and they said that only drivers would actually only be making about 564 per hour. I haven't reviewed that super in depth, so I'm not you know I'm not necessarily co-signing you know what. What UC Berkeley has um, has put out there, but what they are, what they're speaking of, it definitely it, it definitely makes sense given the unpaid waiting time, unreimbursed waiting time, costs. miles, etc. Mm-hmm. Now that's what we call. It, it all circles back to what the hell are engaged miles? Right needs needs to be defined. Very important because if you're going to offer and give drivers reimbursements for miles and Extra guaranteed minimum wage per mile. You gotta define what the hell exactly is a qualified mile. So the yep. uh, the UC Berkeley study again. All of these documents. Please click the link below. We're gonna link them. Um, say out of the fifteen dollars that they claim, fifteen twenty four or something that they claim is the guaranteed minimum wage. It after all the hidden costs, after all the engaged miles have been you know calculated, it only breaks it down to five sixty four guaranteed per hour, which is way below minimum wage for California, which I think is what thirteen or fifteen. Yeah, uh, well, minimum. Uh, yeah, I think minimum wage is yeah, thirteen bucks. Oh. Supposed to be one hundred twenty percent of that, so it should be fifteen sixty. Mm-hmm. What they're calculating is five sixty four, mm-hmm. which obviously a third, of, a third of that. Yeah, it's a it's a third of that. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously not quite there. So if I'm if I'm a driver in negotiations, I'm looking at this data saying, okay, yeah, they, you know what, we're not getting paid for waiting time. We're not getting paid for like these unreimbursed miles. 
go ahead and go ahead and instead of 120 20% go ahead and pay us 360% of that and then we're good. We're yeah, good. Yeah, for right sure. There. Or just like we're put good. rates back to where they belong. Uber only takes 20 to 25% max. Instead of this like fifty percent BS that's been going on recently, uh, I think that should sell though. Well, I, yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, what's the, what's the next um, topic we have for our let's um? Advisors? So uh, another thing interesting is this uh, Uber Uber debit card, right? Ooh. Um, Ooh. and so obviously like Uber, you know, they have a couple of different kind of like uh, you know, banking options for drivers already. They have you know different cards and things like that. Um, they are releasing, uh, Uber, they, Uber has announced Uber money, which is kind of a, another div- division in, in, in Uber. Is this and money they, on demand? I mean, that's like what's really interesting. <laughs> is it, it basically is money on demand, right? Ooh. So they, there's a lot of other things, but the main thing is, is like, you're good. You can get paid literally right after a trip, right? So you can have cash. I can do a trip, get paid 20 bucks for the trip, go to the gas station and spend that same $20. So this is completely different than Instapay, which debt, which transfers money to your personal debit card for a 50 cent transaction fee per transaction. Right. So this I'm is completely clear. free. This is go, this goes to the Uber card. Yeah. And it goes this, to a, an Uber card, an Uber debit account. So you don't even need to initiate. So it just automatically does it. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I'm a little bit. I, they, they they were a little bit fuzzy on the exact detail because it hasn't quite always so fuzzy um, come out yet. But yeah, it's an Uber debit card. It's as Uber fuzzy as your webcam. <laughs> your webcam is fuzzy today. <laughs> my web my yeah, webcam. Your webcam. Oh, I'm not blurry. using my good my good webcam. That's mm, why. Okay. Anyways, um, so they are also trying to get into the fintech space now. What is fintech? It's a financial technology. Um, and there's there's two points um, that analysts have said, experts actually have said that this might actually be a really strong power play for Uber. The first point is they already have integration with their app. Drivers are using Uber driver app. There's no way around it. So the fact that you already have an app that people frequent, now you can embed financial services into that, starting with the Uber debit card. You can also link other financial services such as loans, credit. And you have all of the driver spending behavior unlocked at your disposal, giving you even more efficiencies in figuring out what lending rates to give and offer your drivers. And the other is um, Uber needs revenue. Uber is bleeding cash. Uh, what was it? They lost yep. $1.1 billion last quarter? Uh, I should know this, but I don't know off the top of my head. They, they lost did. a shit ton of money. They've lost eight million dollars. They've lost five point five in cash. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about Brandon? What do you think about Uber, the company? Well, let's let's talk about demographics of Uber drivers. You're pre- we're predominantly male, predominantly older millennials or Gen X. For those of you who want to know what that time uh, age frame is, it's uh, anywhere from uh, twenty eight to like forty five males, and about about half are minorities. Either one third or half, I think, are non are minorities. So, what's the other number? I think sixty some percent, greater than fifty percent, rely on Uber and Lyft. Rely on gig economy work as a primary revenue source. So again, all of their drivers, Uber itself. Not only do you work for them, well, you do gig work for Uber or Lyft. 
But now you're going to be relying on Uber to, to for your financial services. Like, you don't need a bank anymore. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, that's interesting. It's another way for Uber to like lock drivers into their platform. Yeah, that's what I'm concerned about. That's another way to do that. Yeah, that's another way to do that. If you have like all of your banking and shit, they like give you like a hundred dollars spot loan when you need it. That is that's like that ties people in pretty heavily. Um so that's like a play there. And obviously like they Uber like needs to figure out ways of just making revenue that's very profitable. And then this is like the whole fintech business, Mm -hmm. like um, you know, things along those lines. That's like where that's that's a big piece of what they're doing, but it also has pretty pretty strong correlations mm-hmm. to like building the the product for drivers to be to be addic- as addictive as possible, so that drivers can't necessarily be without Uber, at least not completely. Yeah, and also generate them much needed revenue, um, and that revenue which should be profit. Or, much of your revenue that's profitable because like they have a shit ton of revenue just not profitable they don't they don't have a shit ton (laughs) of profit at all so that's like a that's like a big deal for them but they did have a speaking of earnings they just released their q3 they did so they they lost 1.1 billion but they grew their total revenues to 3.8 billion in total revenue now this was also due in part to a growth in their uber eats segment so uber eats is actually one of their like fastest growing revenue sources app. I mean, personally yeah. myself, I've used Uber Eats plenty of times. Yeah. Have you? Uber Eats is definitely big for them in terms of growth. It's still like relatively small in terms of overall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, their rides is like two point eight billion in revenue. Yeah, rides is still like the big. It's still mm-hmm. like the the thing where they're like largest, but definitely Uber Eats is growing pretty quickly. For sure, dude. Awesome. Uh, what's next? And, and what just real quick, just continuing, just real quick on like their earnings report. Something interesting. Uh, last podcast, I kind of harped on this. Look out and look out and understand. You know what's Uber's take rate. Same thing with Lyft. Understand what is Lyft's take rate, and then so you can see that um, across with Uber, their their take rate, which is basically how much in totality they take from drivers, not necessarily from every ride. Every ride. This isn't going to represent every single person. But in totality, kind of across the whole business, they averaged out a take rate of, I think, 21.5%, right? And then so that is actually increasing, uh, I think, like, don't quote me, I think almost a percent, maybe 0.7. Really? So they're making more um, money off of drivers. Yeah. Say that again? They're Justin? making more money off of us. Yes. They're, so they are making more money off of, off of drivers, and they are doing it by decreasing what they call are these like excess driver incentives which are basically is the effect of like the, of like a flat surge um and like changing how they how they do that right so that's basically where a lot of that uh-huh. increase in take rate um appears at least to to be coming from based on um, my analysis of their financial statements and we actually have data that is showing Drivers are getting paid less, so I think it was. And we'll, you know, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a full article about this. But in 10, uh, 10 out of fourteen um, markets that we analyzed for this specific study, we were in a lot of markets, but we analyzed like fourteen markets for this specific study from Q one to Q two. Um, Ten out of fourteen. Um, of markets there at the average driver made less money 
from Q1 to Q2. And then in 11 out of 14 of those markets from Q2 to Q3, um, 11 uh, the drivers made on average less money. Oh. We are seeing drivers actually making less money as both Uber and Lyft are starting to increase their take rate. Not necessarily saying those are a thousand percent causational, but there's obviously some correlation. Yeah, there. there's some there's some correlation for sure. Uh, I like to, I like to reiterate to our viewers that this data is based off of the ninety thousand. We have ninety thousand active monthly drivers on the Gridwise platform in thirty two cities now. So this isn't just like oh you know uh, twenty drivers here or there kind of deal, guys. This is uh, right. across. You said fourteen markets, ten out of fourteen markets. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty, pretty big, pretty big. Oh, this is the old um, logo. Yeah, I cover that. We, we, we did a branding change. For those of you who are still watching, we did a branding change. So this old logo is no longer, no longer the logo. <laughs> Guys, make sure you like this podcast video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Also, leave a comment below asking Brandon uh, any kind of question you want to ask Brandon. Or ask Jenda. Or, or ask me. Uh, hashtag J or hashtag B. How, we, uh, how he's growing out his, his fabulous beard here. Dude, I know, man. It's... Uh, uh, by the way, I just I you might have been like, where was Jay last week? He was on vacation, so I'm back now. Where were you? Where were you at? I was in France. Je suis in France. Very cool. All right, last thing here. Um, um, we did a survey sure of 1,500 riders, and we basically asked them about how they feel about uber drivers and like what's some things that kind of annoy them um one really thing thing that really 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 stuck out that was super interesting to me was that 51 percent of passengers would pretty much always rather have a silent ride meaning they don't want to Shocking say anything to me as a driver i always chat with people and i never thought about like maybe they don't want to talk to me at all right and that's that that jives because we also surveyed the drivers and 79% of drivers said they want their passengers to speak. Yeah. So what do you guys think that are watching this? Uh, we get an average of about 1,000 views per podcast. So I know there's 1,000 eyeballs on this. What do you 1,000 people that are watching this feel? Do you want your passengers Ow. to talk or not talk? Let us know in the comment section below. Hashtag B, hashtag J. Let's see who wins. Let's see. <laughs> and what's... What is also really interesting about this is that 90% of passengers said they would never tell a driver to stop talking, even Which if they're annoyed by them talking insane. to them. insane. 90% of 1,500 passengers said that. Yep. People, um, people like to avoid confrontation. People like people, to... People really like to avoid confrontation. And then also, there's such an imbalance between how much drivers want to talk and how much passengers want to talk. Yeah. We're all, you're, like, if you're a driver that talks, you almost are definitely annoying, <laughs> annoying yeah. some passenger. And they're just not telling you about it, which is sure, I think it's sure. kind of funny. Dude, so this is so uh, crazy. We'll publish this in the link below. This is actually um, what famous website used our data? Mashable is that what it is? Mashable, yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's up on Mashable. We'll, put it, we'll, uh, we'll put also it. we will have a blog post kind of because we we went into a couple of different really interesting data points. We'll have a blog post with a lot of those findings um, mm -hmm. coming soon. It's not this week, soon. but that'll be coming soon. And that's it. And I think that's that's all we got today. That's, that's all we it. got today. Guys, thank you for joining Brandon and Jay on another Gridwise podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe, notification bell, 
And also, have a good day. Have a great one, guys. Good to see you guys all again. All right, guys. Ciao, ciao.